You are listening to the Jesco Bike Podcast. I'm your host, TJ Jeskowitz from Ragbri. Mark Wyatt has a week off. Well, I'm flying solo today, riding solo, whatever. Mark Mark is, uh, had last week with a solo adventure. This week will be mine. Uh, hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving with their families and loved ones. And as we head towards, obviously, uh, the rest of the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, uh, Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, hopefully you're, you're spending some quality time with family and occasionally getting out. Maybe getting some miles in on that bike or, or just even just getting in a few miles. It's good. Just just get out of the house, especially after eating all that turkey or, or thinking about your, your you know, Christmas dinners and all that stuff. You definitely need to mix in some bike rides. All right. So um, I do have some news to share uh, in the Ragbri world. Uh, we, we lost a great one that helped found Ragbri and Karis. Uh, wife of John Karras for 66 years. John founded Ragbri, but without the love and support of Ann Karras, uh, Ragbri definitely would not have got off the ground. Um, they met back in Pennsylvania many, many moons ago and, you know, really started to develop a love of cycling back in the 60s. And as John and Donald Call developed this little adventure called Ragbri, Ann was there every step of the way. So, Riding, you know, a dozen plus ragbris, adventure cycling all over the all over the world uh, with with her husband John and friends. Uh, Ann Karras was was truly the backbone behind uh, John's adventures, and I, I know John's hurting right now. He's missed the love of his life for for sixty six years. So you know, definitely keep uh, the Karras family in your thoughts and prayers this week as we just wrapped up Thanksgiving and uh, we are so thankful um, to have the Karis family that that you know brought us Ragbri all these years so you know just take a moment and, and be thinking about John and Ann uh, and their family as the passing of Ann Karis just right before Thanksgiving. Okay well I'm just going to jump right into the show today. We've got uh, Kathy Murphy who's talking uh, with Marty. And Marty's going to be just talking about some jet setting over to Germany and, and talking about riding over there. Um, looking at some of the photos of Marty, I think I know the team that Marty's ridden with, but I, I won't give it away. I'll let you, you hear Murph's interview with, with Marty. So coming up on the Jessica Bike Podcast. Martin Pauli. Hello, Martin. Und herzlich willkommen, men. Hello, Kathy. Dankeschön. <laughs> okay, so that was my terrible attempt at speaking German. You know, I took German in high school, but obviously it hasn't stuck very well with me. But at least you knew what I was saying, didn't you? I could understand what you said okay. easily, yeah. Sehr gut, sehr gut. Well, in case you're wondering, Martin is from Germany and grew up riding his bicycle there. Uh, he moved to the U.S. in 1998, but I thought it'd be a, a good time for him to be here today to talk about differences and maybe similarities between cycling in Germany and cycling in the United States. So let's get started. So Martin, how would you describe the cycling culture in Germany when you were there? Well, there are lots of differences between cycling there and cycling here. And 
for the most part, I, I think you can explain it with what the purpose of biking is. Ah, uh, yeah. Because over there, it's mostly for transportation. Mm -hmm. Over here, it's mostly for, for fun and, and recreation. You know, exceptions on, on both sides, of course. They, they do racing there. Uh, they ride for fun. But uh, school kids from a young age, you know, I remember from, from first grade on, I, I rode my bicycle to school every day. Uh, have been through, through college. And um, you know, people get their cars later. A lot of grown-ups, uh, even later in life, don't have cars. You know, they have they have bicycles. And um, do you think that's because of um, it's much cheaper and easier to bike, or do you think that people like it because it's good for the economy and good for them, health-wise? Yeah, I don't think the economy has has much to do with. It. One is it it's probably easier to do it there mm. because. Um, the country is much smaller, mm -hmm. cities are smaller, and, and biking is um, easier distance-wise than, than here. Uh, but it's it's also what everybody grows up with, right, and, mm -hmm. and gets used to from, from a young age, and, and it's just normal, you know. If, if um, half the people in my company came to, to, buy, to work on their bicycles, you know, we would have, uh, everybody would be surprised, whereas in, in many German companies that, that is... Um, not unusual. Mm -hmm. And for me, like I, I work 25 miles away from uh, my home, so cycle, and there is really no easy way to cycle unless I'm on major highways. So I'm guessing that's also a nice thing about Germany. They maybe have a better bicycling infrastructure. Yeah, in many ways, they do. Yeah, um, they they have bike lanes. They have a lot more bike parking. You know, with with space coming at a premium, you can imagine how expensive it is to buy parking for cars but mm -hmm. parking for bikes is, is available usually uh, and uh, plentiful mm -hmm. um, so yeah the bike lanes make it convenient within the cities and also between cities uh, you know another difference on, on this note is that because everybody bikes um, even people that do drive cars you know probably can relate more to the cyclists than many many car drivers do here and um, you know, a lot of dangerous situations that occur here uh, you know not not because drivers necessarily don't don't care but more so because they, they can't they have trouble um, putting themselves in the cyclist shoes oh, you know, that, sure. that would not occur so often over there sure and I was lucky enough to go to Germany uh, for Oktoberfest one year and I thought it was super cool that every intersection, and it maybe it just was where I was, but every intersection had uh, pedestrian walkway signs and then also cycling signs. So there was literally, literally a picture of a bicycle that said, when it was green, you could go. When it was red, you couldn't. And I wish that existed. It yeah. probably does exist somewhere in the United States, just now where I live. And, and when it's red, you really don't go, right? <laughs> you, you've probably yes. seen that because you know, <laughs> Germans, uh, they stick to the rules. And yeah. The light is red. No, e even if it's raining heavily and there's nobody else within a mile, you uh, wait. <laughs> you wait until the light turns green. Very good. Well, uh, thinking back to when you lived in Germany and you were cycling, did you participate in any organized rides there? The the only ones that come to mind were rides that I uh, I participated in with my parents. My, my parents, my sister and I, we uh, we joined a group ride once a year um, and the group was the the church choir that my dad conducted so they had this as a social activity where 
all the, the spouses and kids were welcome to join. Nice. And it was not a very long distance. It was a one-day activity. You're out in the morning, back in the afternoon with a picnic somewhere. But I remember that was fun. But I think the biggest difference there versus here is that all of you owned bicycles. Yes. And it's interesting. Uh, I teach the driver's ed class the portion of bike safety. And the first thing I ask everybody, you know, let's say there's 35 kids who are 14 years old. The first thing I ask them is, how many people here own a bike? How many kids own a bike? And I bet you half will raise their hand. Mm -hmm. And then I say, okay, have you guys that uh, ride or have a bike, how many people actually ride theirs? And it's usually less than 10, which is disheartening. Because when I was a kid, actually when I was a kid, I don't think either of my parents had bikes, but I did. And that was my way to get to and from everywhere. Yeah, certainly different. I, I'm trying to think back. I, you know, elderly people aside or, or young infants, I do not know anybody in Germany and don't think I've ever known anybody in Germany that you know, was fit enough to ride a bike and didn't own one. Really? It's just, yeah, everybody has a bike. Yeah, interesting. Um, well, we touched on a few of them, but do you know of any other big differences between cycling in Germany and cycling in the U.S.? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. One is, is related again to transportation versus recreation. That is, the bikes look a little different. They are more purpose-built. You know, they mm-hmm. have fenders so you can ride in rain mm-hmm. uh, without getting, getting all dirty um, because people go to work on their bicycles. You know, mm-hmm. It's not uncommon to see someone, someone in, a, in a business suit and tie riding a bicycle. Um, there are lights. That, that manda- it's mandatory by law. Even if you ride during the daytime, you must have a working light oh, on, your, on okay. your bike. I think the idea is you know, eventually you'll ride in the dark and mm-hmm. uh, those lights need to be working. Um, the, uh, the, the other difference that really jumps out when I look at uh, Germany versus U.S. is bike theft is, oh. is really huge in, in Germany. Um, you know, when I went to college, it was uh, within the stone throw of the uh, Dutch border, and there was this used bicycle store across the border in the Netherlands, and uh, uh, that was pretty. It was pretty common when a bike was stolen that you could go to that used bike store <laughs> and find, find your it? bike on display <laughs> there. Um, uh, bike theft there is just a completely different dimension from here, and you know, unfortunately you hear about it here in, in Cedar Rapids more often these days sure. than. Uh, than a few years back so the trend is not good but um, if in Germany if you leave your bike anywhere in your, your driveway uh, in, in town in front of a store if you don't lock it it's gone a couple of hours later most likely it will be gone ah that's too bad yeah that's yeah it is well how did you get into biking in the United States um the the Really, from from the very beginning, I, I just biked. I uh, you know had a certain allowance when I moved here of uh, items I could bring, household items, and my bicycle that I owned at the time was, of, of course, coming over. Right? Mm-hmm. I, there was no no thought about it. Um, so the moment that bicycle arrived here, I started biking to work, mm-hmm. biking to the store, uh, and biking for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I remember one day I asked a co-worker um, who was also biking and who lived uh, very, very close to where I lived. Um, I said, hey, I, I need to go to, the, to UPS. And at the time, UPS was um, 
was down on the south side of town uh, near where General Mills is and um, we were on the northeast side and he told me you, you can't bike there <laughs> so I asked why why not you know expecting you know the no bike trail or it's only freeway or and he said it's too far oh <laughs> <laughs> he, he said it's impossible so uh, I told him, you know, get your bike ready after work. I'll take you on a little, <laughs> on a little adventure. So we we biked there and back, and he was, was in awe that, that that actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, so I've I've been biking from in the U.S. from the from the the moment I, I lived here, mm -hmm. um, and and then gradually, um, and that took some time. I I, I met other cyclists um, mm -hmm. and and picked up more of the. Uh, more of the social biking, mm -hmm. along with going to work, going to the store, mm -hmm. or riding by myself just for fun and exercise. So then is your bike that you pedal just like the ones in Germany where they have the fenders and they have the lights on them all the time? Or have, no. you, have you changed? I, I have changed, yeah. I'm, I'm a fair weather biker <laughs> today. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I love going to work on the bike. Um, I, I love riding when when I have some spare time, but it's it's got to be a nice day, you know, like mm -hmm. this nice warm. Yeah, it's late a beautiful November day, day today. today. Sixty degrees. That's, Which people can probably bad. hear the background. We are on location outdoors. Right. It's beautiful here. Yeah. Um, but when it when it gets cold or when there's snow on the ground or or even even heavy rain, you know, I. That's. I mean, I. <laughs> if I'm on the road already and it starts raining, I'll keep going. But I. Uh, my my bike is is a, an american bike <laughs> that people, the kind that people have here for fun not the sure. kind that i rode in germany sure definitely i do have lights though okay good good i'm pretty sure that you bike at night occasionally i think i've been uh, on the bike trail with you um well speaking of the bike trail uh do you have a few g good rides or experiences that you've been part of in the united states um yeah oh yes uh, Several. I mean, this is this little ride called Rag Ride. You oh yeah, I, I have yeah. heard about yeah, that. Yeah, that's, I've done that <laughs> ten times now. Nice. Um, nice. And you know, one one of my life regrets that I'll tell our children on on my deathbed about <laughs> is uh, that I lived in Iowa for almost ten years, knowing about Rag Ride but not participating. And never going. Oh. Because uh, you know, I thought, well, I can ride my bike anytime. I don't have to do that with ten thousand other people, but. Uh, those 10,000 other people and, and everything around it makes it makes it a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, a lot of smaller rides. There is um, uh, here in Iowa one called uh, the Rash Ride. Oh, yes. And I like that because it's a few weeks before Rag Ride, and it's, uh, it's a good test for, you know, if, 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 am I fit enough to do Rag Ride? Because mm -hmm. we usually ride from Cedar Rapids to Independence on Friday, do the Rash Ride on Saturday, and then ride back on Sunday. So oh, so you make it a weekend event. Yeah, three oh, consecutive very cool. days. Uh, 40, 50 miles each day. We um, should probably give a shout out to Bill of Bill's Pizza. Yeah, he's a he's a loyal podcast listener. I'm yes. pretty sure. Thank you, Bill, for uh, <laughs> organizing that year yeah. after year. Yeah, that's a super fun. And the ride to the Rash Ride is a blast. Right. I've been able to do that before yeah. too. There's another one that I like, and I've only done it twice. It's uh, the Lake Geneva Ride in September every year. It's not very far. It's only 20 some miles, but. Mm -hmm. uh, beautiful scenery around that lake uh, a few few bar stops to um, make sure we don't get too thirsty <laughs> um, that's a fun one um, and then here in the area I mean there, there, there are some nice 
places that are worth biking to. Uh, you, I'm sure you know. I know you know a lot of them. Oh yes. But one one of my favorites is the uh, Stone City General Store. Oh yeah. Um, th this old, you know, three-story building on on I think it's on the Wapsie, right? The river. You know, what's funny is this very ride came up a couple of podcasts ago with uh, Andrea Lewis. I'm sure that you know Andrea. Mm -hmm. And she talked about the same thing, and I said the same thing. I'm like, what river is that on? I think it is the Wapsie River. Yeah. It's, um, to me, it's surprising how many people that bike here in the area that don't know, that haven't heard of the general store in mm -hmm. Stone City. You know, it's, um, it's an easy ride from here. It's, I don't know, 15, 20 miles, depending mm -hmm. on where you start. Um, beautiful scenery. Beautiful scenery. Uh, you know, decent food. Uh, a nice beer list. Mm -hmm. and, uh, really, really nice way to, to spend a day to mm -hmm. ride out there, have a good time there, and then come back. And I would say it's not super easy ride. It's a short ride, but it's pretty hilly. Towards the end, it gets <laughs> hilly. Yes. yes. And then once you go down, you know your cell phones don't work when you get to the general store. That's right. And that's yep. just fine. That's just right. fine because it's so beautiful. So. Well, uh, how would you describe your style of cycling um, the majority of the time? Would you say you're a commuter? Are you a touring bike? Are you a racer? I'm definitely not a racer. I've, I've never participated in a, in a bike race. Mm -hmm. and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, right. A lot of people train very hard for that, and my, my head is off to them. But mm -hmm. uh, that, that's just not something I've done or, or think I, I will do. Um, I commute. I, I go on my bicycle to work to the grocery store you know i i came on my bike to this interview here mm -hmm. to this podcast uh, today uh so i do that and and then i do uh social riding mm -hmm. you know we have this uh, fabulous wednesday night bike ride oh, here in town oh yes i've heard of it thank you kathy for <laughs> organizing I've that heard of for, it. for so many years <laughs> or uh, new other similar rides that we have on the weekends here sometime yes um and uh and also just for, uh, for, for fun and recreation uh, after work. You know, when, when my mind is full from things that happen at work, yep. there's, for me, there's no better way to uh, clear my head and, and, yep. and think about things than to, to be on my bicycle mm -hmm. you know, all by myself and, and ride 30 or 40 miles. Yeah, you know, such a, nice a good loop stress in the countryside. relief. Exactly. Yes, you know. I agree. I think that's why a lot of people are bicyclists. At least I know I do that a lot of times where... If I need to, I'll just jump on the bike and go. And when you get back home, you're like, ah, I feel so great. Right. So, um, and maybe the general store is your must-see place, but is there a must-see place in Iowa to ride your bike? Or would you say it's the general store? That, that's the one I can think of here. I mean, there are a lot of places a little closer um, mm -hmm. that, that are nice. Um, but, yeah, for, for anyone from Cedar Rapids, I would say go to the general store if you haven't yes. been there. You'll like it. I agree. I agree. Well, um, since you've done 10 Ragbris, I can um, tell you that Ragbri is known for pie. Mm -hmm. Everybody talks about the pie when they go on Ragbri. So what would you say is your favorite pie? My favorite by far is cherry. Cherry pie. I love cherry pie. And uh, Ragbri has some really good pies. I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's the fact that I'm you know, starving or... <laughs> Or you know, th th there's not a whole lot of gourmet food on Ragbri. You know, it's uh, it's often uh, the, the the quick, greasy type that, yeah. that we get from the food vendors. But those pies are excellent. And I think most pies, at least that I see on Ragbri, are legitimately homemade. You know, church lady, yes. people who have been making pie for a long time. So mm -hmm. yeah, I would say it's very good. 
I've never had a pie on rag rye that I didn't like. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's very good. Very good, very good. Well, thank you, Martin, for being on the podcast today. I super appreciate it. Uh, and wait, I should say prost. Did I say it right? <laughs> yeah, prost. <laughs> good. All right, listeners, well, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of morphology. This quote comes from the law of human quirks. Everyone wants to be noticed, but no one wants to be stared at. Think about it. Okay, we've reached the end of another edition of the Jessica Bike Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. As you do each and every week, we bring you different adventures throughout the year. All kinds of cycling adventures, road cycling, oh, fixies, you know, cross-country biking, fat tire biking, gravel riding, you name it. We're, we're going to cover it on the Jisco Bike Podcast, as long as it's fun. Uh, we don't dabble too much in the racing part of it, unless it's just fun-style racing, but we're going to try to cover all the bases. If you got some ideas for shows, be sure to hit us up on, on Twitter, Instagram, any of those, um, you know, Facebook or shoot us an email or give us a call. So we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to also subscribe to the Jessica Bike Podcast, and you can do that at SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, any of those will work, iTunes as well. So I'd also like to point out that we've got some great supporters of, of this podcast. Bikes to You over in Grinnell, Iowa, a Ragbride Bike Shop and Charter. Great support from Craig and April Cooper over, over this time. Also, the Iowa City Coralville Convention and Visitor Bureau and the great things that they're doing for cycling events and just, just great places to ride over there. So, think Iowa City. And last but not least, our friends at Primal Wear. Great company out of Denver, Colorado. If you're looking for some custom cycle wear, uh, they did an amazing job on the, on the rag ride jerseys this year. Also, some some of the women's tops that were, were rolling out as well. So, just thank those sponsors for always being there for us at the Jisco Bike Podcast. So um, I I will leave you with, with this memory. Um, just again, after, after, you know, pounding down turkey, mashed potatoes, all that, if you're thinking, hey, I need to get out and, and ride, you're, you're not alone in those feelings. So, um, so make, make sure, hey, you know, dust off that bike if you haven't if you haven't touched it in a little while, or you know, re re lube the chain and you know, let's get out there and ride. Um, don't be using that that um, you know grease from the Thanksgiving dinner or anything like that. But um, you know, let's definitely get out there and ride. for listening let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review they really help us out a lot and help others find the show for more information check out justgobike.net the show's theme song was written produced and performed by ryan steer